Hello, welcome to five frameworks for PMP exam success. The five frameworks you need to know for your PMP exam are as follows, and I call them frameworks or ideas. Number one is the Agile Manifesto. That's number one idea. Number two, you got to understand Scrum. Number three, you got to understand what Kanban is, the layout of the board and all of the items on it. Number four, you got to know PMBOK, seventh edition, the 12 principles, and you got to understand these performance domains. Number five, final, you got to understand the predictive world in detail. So this table that a lot of people avoid, you should understand this table. We are going to talk about these one by one, but I wanted to give you the lay of the land first. Let's jump into number one, the Agile Manifesto. Without understanding the philosophies of Agile, you will struggle on basic Agile questions. There are going to be some Agile questions that just don't make enough sense if you're tackling them with pure predictive knowledge or rote frameworks from Agile. For that reason, you really need to internalize the Agile Manifesto values and don't forget the 12 principles. This is pivotal to a lot of the questions because the philosophy is one of team over everything else. Happy team can make a happy customer. Disgruntled team cannot make a happy customer. So coming into Agile, you got to understand that even though our highest priority is to satisfy the customer, if our team is not given the environment and support they need, there is no way you're going to get the team to do what the customer needs to the best of their ability. They're always going to give you less than 100%. That's the overarching idea. So when we say individuals and interactions over processes and tools, you got to think about that as the team and their interactions, the stakeholders and their interactions with the team. But it starts with team, my friends. I know it may be counterintuitive for some, but it starts with the team. That's the general mindset. Let's move on to the next idea, framework, Scrum. Scrum has a 353 configuration, and you need to know this. Three roles, five events, and three artifacts. And this has been the staple for a lot of companies as far as their agile is concerned, because this is what they use as the framework to carry out the practices that show the agile philosophy. So you got to understand the three roles, the five events, the sprint itself, sprint planning, the daily scrum, the sprint review, and the sprint retrospective. Those are the five events. You got to understand what happens in each. The biggest confusion I see in many is not knowing that the retrospective is not for everyone. It is for the team. And I'm talking about the scrum team, these folks, right? That's who the, the sprint retrospective is for. And if you want to introduce anyone from outside, 
there has to be team consensus and understanding, and then you can invite outsiders for purposes that should be aligned with the sprint retrospective. The sprint review is one to show whatever was created as far as the increment is concerned. You may hear it being called a demo, and that's not a bad thing. But when you're calling this a demo, you got to remember this should never be relegated to a mere demo. We want this to be one, showing what we have built, two, getting feedback, having some sort of inspection from the stakeholders, and maybe discovering even newer stories of relevance for the future that we can add to the product backlog. So don't relegate the sprint review to just a demo. People mix up these two, and oftentimes people forget that we're going to get some outputs from the sprint retrospective improvement opportunities that we can put straight into sprint planning for the next sprint. You're also going to find things you could do right away. So understanding this framework in a lot of detail is going to help you on the exam, cut through the crud, and understand the do's and don'ts of this framework. And while the PMI may not explicitly mention Scrum Master, Trust me, the philosophies, the ideas of Agile, and the intricacies of Scrum are going to be built into the questions, all right? So I'm going to put a link below so that you can download this. There's also a cool feature here for those who are new to Scrum where you can actually use this to test out your recall of the 353. So I'm going to put a link below so you can download this. And for those who have never encountered the Agile Manifesto, you can go take a look and maybe print the page if you need to. For those who are not aware of the Scrum Guide that goes into all the details of Scrum, go to scrumguides.org, click on that link, and you'll be able to read the Scrum Guide. There's also an audio of the Scrum Guide that I have on YouTube. I'm going to put a link below so you can read that. Let's move on to the next framework. The next framework is Kanban. And Kanban is all about the simplicity of start where you are. Limit your whip. Be intentional about how processes should flow in your Kanban world. And when I say your Kanban world, Kanban is a framework that is moldable and adaptable because you don't have preset roles, number one. Number two, you don't have a preset number of lanes. You can have, like in this example, you can see we have pending analysis, development, test, deploy. But one thing's for sure. We have a whip limit, and those whip limits are the numbers that you see above each column. So we could have the traditional to do, doing, done, or we could have more lanes that show the entry KC. You gotta understand this, my friends, and then you gotta understand associated metrics to help clarify what is near and dear to us in the world of Kanban. We talk about this metric, which is not seen the invisible lead time and cycle time. So we have lead time and then we have cycle time. It really depends on how you're viewing the world. If you're viewing the world as a customer, you're going to view lead time. And that's the time from when you put this ticket in to when it gets done. But we also have cycle time, and cycle time is the time that it took for the person who picked the ticket to actually execute on it 
and get it done. I'll give you a clear example. You go to a drive-through, you got there at 10 o'clock. You don't get out until 10.15 with your burger, your fries, and your drink. But the person who picked up your ticket only started working on it at 10.10. They spent five minutes to get your order done. This five minutes is the cycle time. But you don't care about cycle time. All you care about is how long it took for them to get you through the drive-through and that's the lead time, and that's 15. But the bottom line is limiting your whip is going to help you reduce both of these. But that's all about Kanban for now. I would say just read your Agile practice guide, and you'll be able to get more information about the world of Kanban that is relevant. This is a snippet that I quite like from the Agile assessment guide, and a shout out to Scrum Bob for making this available to me, making me know that this was available out there on the GAO.gov site. So I'm gonna put a link below so that you can download this. This is a really great agile guide, a little bit outside of all the stuff that you need for PMP, but as a practitioner, you wanna know that the government put some time, money and investment into this, so it's available for you. The next framework we're gonna talk about is the PMBOK guide 7th edition. And the key thing in the PMBOK Guide 7th edition that people don't remember is that this is the PMI's mindset. This was carved out of the PMI Code of Ethics and Professional Conduct. So when they're coming at you with these 12 principles, you got to remember, oh, this is PMI's way of thinking. This is how they want the project manager to see the world around them. So they want you to be a good steward, to help the team collaborate, to get the stakeholders engaged, to demonstrate value, to think systemically, to lead, to tailor your project, depending on what is going on. Quality should also be thought about. Fitness for use, conformance to requirements, customer satisfaction, tackle complexity by thinking in an agile way. Think about risks, uncertainty that could impact your project and be adaptable and resilient. I call it bounce back ability. One of the ways you do this is by being agile because adaptability is really agility. Change lastly is all about change at various levels, the project level and the organization level and everything in between. And you as a good project manager should be mindful of all these 12. That's the summary of the principles. On top of that, you should also be aware of the PMBOK 7th edition performance domains and understand the lens that PMI is looking at project management in this edition. Here is the summary. The overarching view is these are all agnostic flavors of project management that you could look at in a hybridized way without getting prescriptive about knowledge areas, process groups, and processes. This helps you see that on any project, hybrid, agile, predictive, you got to think stakeholders and how to engage them. Then you got to think about the team and how to get them to synergize and collaborate. Then you got to decide which development approach and life cycle are we going to use? Do you see the agnostic flavor in here? Because this is a question where you ask, what are we? Are we scrum barn? Are we scrum? 
Are we going to do a predictive model? What exactly are we doing? And this is a very important step that is not called out in the sixth edition that is brought more to the surface. So as you go through the exam material, you've got to ask yourself, do I truly know which development approach and life cycle I'm going to select and why? And you've got to understand that page 14 in the Agile Practice Guide, the Stacy Complexity Model. Remember what is on the Stacy Model? You have two dimensions. For those who have forgotten, let me remind you, you've got the x-axis, you've got the y-axis, y and the x-axis, and you have R for requirements, right? This is requirements uncertainty. And on the x-axis, you have the technical uncertainty. And you got to understand where exactly you are in the scheme of things. Are you here where we have requirements, uncertainty, or where we have technical uncertainty, where we have a high degree of uncertainty, you're going to find yourself moving towards anarchy or chaos. This region is chaos. And you as a practitioner, you want to make sure you choose the right life cycle. You, as it were, engineer the right life cycle with, of course, team input, but putting in a lot of thought. And this is where you tackle a lot of these principles that we just looked at. Because the way you roll with the principles is pivotal to development approach and life cycle. Depending on the life cycle and development approach, you could apply this in a number of ways. You tailor in a number of ways and the team dynamics and everything else does change somewhat, but there's some pivotal principles. These are the things you need to be aware of in the seventh edition. It's nuanced. It's not as emphatic in the sixth. And this, my friends, is what I need you to focus on primarily. If you're looking at the differences between the sixth and the seventh, this is one of the major differences. The development approach and life cycle, am I predictive? Am I iterative? Am I incremental? Am I agile? Am I a hybrid? What am I and why am I? For this, my friends, we don't call this a framework, but I want you to check out the Agile Practice Guide. I want you to look at pages 14. I want you to take a look at pages 18 and 19. And that's where this is going to become a lot clearer to you you're going to appreciate the value of this more. And then the pages that follow, that tackle predictive, iterative, incremental, and agile, this is all going to make sense in the context of this domain. So if there was any domain you're going to say is your golden ticket domain that makes a big difference by adding it to the mix of chapter chapters 4 to 13 like if there was meant to be a chapter 14 in the in the 6th edition it would be this it would be development approach and life cycle because that needs to come first and then based on that when you take a look at the agile practice guide pages 90 to 95 everything there makes sense in the context of what is my development approach and life cycle. I hope this makes sense. I want you to ask questions. So if you have them, 
put them in the comments below. Moving on, the other domains are quite intuitive. Planning makes sense if you've already read the sixth edition. Project work is like a potpourri of different things. We're talking about a bunch of ideas here that are being grouped together to facilitate the discussion of agnostic project management. Delivery, measurement, uncertainty, which is really risk when you boil it down in a different lens, stakeholder and team, and then the concept of having a universal view of your project. All of these things, my friends, are going to help you augment your already huge knowledge repository from the sixth edition. Now let's go to the final one because I know this is the one you thought you were going to see first, but you're not seeing it first because I wanted to keep it last. A lot of people think it's gone away, but this has not gone away. Why do I say it has not gone away? Well, I say it's not gone away because if you are in tune with the PMI and their process groups, a practice guide, you will know that the PMI has rebirthed that infamous table that I just showed you which is available at uclaextension.edu, and it's here in Process Groups of Practice Guide. So any joker who is saying this is not relevant, they need to wake up and smell the coffee. It is still a game changer on your exam. Let's talk about this in a little bit more detail. And I'm going to put a link below to all of these because I know some people may not have, have this or have not seen it. Here's the overarching idea. Every knowledge area has a finite set of processes. The mnemonic for the top is I prefer extra money cash. The mnemonic for the side of the knowledge areas is I saw six chipmunks quietly roasting coffee, reading poetry stories. Now, as you begin diving in, there's an overarching thought that I need you to have. And the overarching thought is this. For every knowledge area, you have this Deming cycle, right? In the background, plan, do, check, act. When you boil everything down, yes, you have initiating and you have closing, right? But you have the PDCA cycle in the background. Plan is planning. Do is executing. Check and act are monitoring and controlling. You check and you act. That's monitoring and controlling. So this is, I prefer eating mangoes chilled, or I prefer extra money in cash. Once you have that understanding, my friends, everything else should be based on this progression. Plan, do, check, act. I need you to understand that in integration, 
which is the first knowledge area, let's put that here, in integration, all of these are present. Tick the box on all of these. It has processes in all of these. And then when you do the same for scope, schedule, cost, quality, resources, communications, risk, procurement, stakeholder, and so on, when you do that, you got to know where the boxes are checked. So there's nothing all the way on here to stakeholder. But for all the others, this is where the table comes in, okay? I don't need you to cram the table. That's not as much value to you on the exam. What is of value is for you to take a look at these as I'm about to right now, and for you to, to look at them like this. I hope you're following along. Look, look at them like this. This is the mindset, okay? I am not referring to any documentation right now. This is all from my understanding, okay? So when I look at this, I'm saying I need a project charter. I need a stakeholder register. I need a project management plan. I need deliverables. I need an issue log. I need lessons learned in the lessons learned register. I need a work performance report. I need a change log and approved change requests. I need a final report and a final transition of deliverables. I need a plan for scope, a plan for schedule, a plan for cost, a plan for quality, a plan for resource management, a one, one plan for communications management, one plan for risk management, a one plan for procurement management, and one plan for stakeholder engagement. I also need to have schedule forecasts, cost forecasts, a verified deliverable, I also will expect to have work performance information, work performance information, work performance information, closed procurements, work performance information. I also expect to have, let's change the color here for emphasis. I also expect to have a requirements traceability matrix and requirements documentation, a scope statement, a WBS and a WBS dictionary, which will help me get a scope baseline ultimately. I also need accepted deliverables and I'm gonna have WPI. I also need network diagrams implicitly in my scheduling tool, whatever that is. I also need duration estimates and I also need a schedule and a schedule baseline. And I also need cost estimates and a cost baseline. I also need those resource requirements I also need a risk register and I need to update my risk register. I also need test and evaluation documentation. That test and evaluation document is gonna help me when I'm doing my testing, but I need to frame how that looks. I also need to have my physical resource assignments, my project team assignments. I also need to have some intelligence when I send my team for training. So I'm looking to get some results from the training when I develop the team. 
and I could say team performance assessments. I'm going to use them when I'm managing the team. I also would have project communications. I also will update my risk register there. And I will also from here have agreements, which are like signed contracts. And from here, I could have some change requests. Boom! This is the level of awareness you need to have. You saw my angle was not about the processes. It was about the WIFIM, the WIFIM factor, the what's in it for me? What's in it for me? What am I getting from all of these? Why do I need all of these? These, my friends, are the five frameworks that you need to succeed on your PMP exam. Again, PMBOK 6, PMBOK 7, Scrum as a framework, the Agile Manifesto as a philosophy, and Kanban. These, my friends, if you can get these down tight, all of these things I went over really quick, you'll be laughing all the way to the score bank. I encourage you to put any questions you've got below. If you are struggling and you need additional help, I want to encourage you to go on down to our site, praiseion.com. Take a look at what we've got available. We've got training, got mentoring and coaching all the time. It's praiseion, P-R-A-I-Z-I-O-N.com. We've got all sorts of study aids to help you as you get ready for your PMP exam. I wish you all the best. It's your buddy Phil here signing off. Have a lovely week.